0: Cunning like a communist, unearthing hidden truths. Is it feral corporate spin that's corrupting all our youth? Talking Musical History Podcast. Talking,
1: Talking Musical, History Podcast. Musical History
0: Podcast. Take a stand, go down the hole, learn the things that we have kept from you. The journey is cathartic. Listen to...
1: Talking Musical History Podcast. Talking Musical History Podcast. Learn some truth. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Reefer Madness Part 2, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Rabbit Hole. I'm Kevin. And I'm Chris. We had a lot, a lot. Um, the, the, The plate was bigger than we thought it was.
0: Yeah, and so we divided it into two parts. Um, One being more of the talking about the show and the musical part of it, and the other one talking about more of the political message of the show. And this is that part of the podcast. Let's continue to talk about the cast of Reefer Madness. We went over some other people who are, I would say, more well-known than these other people who we're going to go over now. And one of them is Amy Spanger. Amy Spanger seduces you as Sally, channeling a bit of Bernadette Peters in Annie, I feel. Uh, She was married, but then divorced uh, Michael C. Hall.
1: Oh, wow, really? Yeah, Yeah. wow, that's interesting. (laughs) That's funny. She
0: made her Broadway debut in Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard is a story, it's by Andrew Lloyd Webber, and as most Andrew Lloyd Webbers, it has like one memorable song, and then the rest is forgettable.
1: Oh, cool. I couldn't name a single memorable song from that specific... Honestly, name.
0: I'd have really to think about memorable. it more, but I've heard it before. <laughs> I
1: don't even know what we're talking about
0: It's now. Yeah, it's a it's a star from bygone era, and she gets drowned in a pool. It's a movie. It's a very famous movie, Sunset Boulevard.
1: I mean, that's really just, like, a, a poor book report by a high school kid. Like, a, a, a cute little scamp. Her baby catches on fire. The Sally character, like, she... She does such a great job of like pulling that off because, like, like, at the same time, like, the things that she's doing is like completely ridiculous and awful. And, but you'd like, oh, she's cute.
0: Uh, Chicago
1: yeah. a- as Roxy Hart, yeah, that's pretty cool, definitely.
0: You're in town, originating the role of Lois Lane. Have you ever seen the
1: musical You're in town?
0: I have never seen the music. Holy- you know what? I've heard people talk about it in a very positive way, and I have no reason not to like it. It's just one of those that I have never sought out intentionally to see, nor have I avoided it either.
1: Uh, I, I heard that uh, uh, people are talking about it in a very positive way. I did not think You're in Town was, like, uh, um, going to be as interesting as it was as a musical. Like, my friend uh, um, Jason Smith uh, directed You're in Town at uh, the Dexter Players. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, and it was incredible, and his production was definitely incredible. And this musical, like, honestly, that would be a great musical to turn into a film. It's about taxes and, and like, public works. Okay. Right and and like sort of the important balance of like you know us having to pay in a system and understand how it, how it works and like like uh, um, making things work, but then also understanding that like you know we can't just like tear it all down because it won't work.
0: So it sounds like it's Avenue Q minus the Muppets.
1: No, it is not Avenue Q minus the Muppets. but um, I appreciate that. I am
0: sorry. The name <laughs> itself is it part of the turnoff. You're in town. <laughs> I It could be an amazing musical. I will listen to it, yes. She also originated the role of Lois Lane, a.k.a. Bianca, in the revival of Kiss Me Kate and Holly in The Wedding Singer.
1: Oh, wow, cool. There's a Wedding Singer musical?
0: There is a, there is a Wedding Singer musical.
1: Good Lord, am I living under a rock? I never
0: said it was good. Oh, oh dang.
1: Oh, that's fair. You did not say that it was an awesome musical. You did not say those words.
0: I I only like the character's name because that's my wife's name.
1: That's fair. (laughs) That is definitely fair. Holly is an awesome individual.
0: (laughs) Yes. All of the Hollies that I know are awesome people. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're filled with holly jelly fun. She also worked with Jonathan Larson on Tick, Tick, Boom, and Next to Normal with Anthony Rapp. Following originating the roles of both Sherry in Rock of Ages and Jovi
1: in Elf. I did know Elf was a musical. Though I, I I I guarantee that there's probably a ton of people that don't know that Elf is a musical. Um I think I thought that was like obvious. It should be like mm-hmm. like as soon as that movie came out, I was like, dude, this needs to be a musical.
0: <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Other films include Schenectady, New York and Chicago Med, with Reefer Madness being her first film credit. Jesus, in a dream sequence, is Weber-made Robert Torty from Starlight Express as Greaseball, which earned him a Tony.
1: Tony, 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 Tony.
0: And that, <laughs> that was his Broadway debut. That's
1: pretty cool. That's, that's a nice debut.
0: Oh, yeah. I will be honest with you. I don't know that character. I only know, like, a few songs from Starlet Express.
1: Yeah. Didn't he also do, like, a, um, like Godspell or something?
0: Uh, Yeah. And connected with Weber as well. Politics, well, yeah. this is actually somewhat related to politics because Robert Torty in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat played Pharaoh. And for those of you that don't know Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat like I do because our school was in the production with Donny Osmond back in middle school. But in Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, Pharaoh is this Elvis-like character.
1: Like one thing I love about doing this podcast specifically is like uh, um, A, we get to review uh, musicals that we know and love and then B, we get to watch new musicals. And you know, like obviously, you know, some of them are 1776.
0: Vocho, vocho, Freedom and democracy.
1: <laughs> That's. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to clap for that. I'm going to clap for that. I'm going to let this draw out, too. Uh, thank you. Thank you. One of the things that really hits me really hard about the musical Reef for Madness is that, like, I feel like we're currently still living in this Feeling of reefer madness, um specifically around the idea of like government lying to you. Well, you're right. Every time, it, it just keeps going to politics, man. Yeah. It just keeps going back to politics. I'm telling you. And I, I do want to make something clear. Like, there's the the satyr, uh, and then there's Satan, and they're not they're not the same. Yeah. Yes, gay gay goat man. Yes, yes. And like at first, the first time I thought it th- saw it, I was like, oh, there's like double Satans, like per- uh, portrayed two different ways, but they're they are and they're not. I mean, you know, uh, this is this is what happens with uh, this America. Uh, that that being said, um, I, I was thinking about the chronicles of chronicle uh, the chronicles of Riddick. I really wished that was was going to be a better film. Uh, I still love the chronicles of Riddick. It could have been so much better though, like uh, a pitch black. <laughs> and so people were like oh whatever like dude dude if you love horror films mm-hmm. that's exactly what that is it's oh, not it's yeah. not really a sci-fi film it's like it's like the original alien you know it's like yeah Riddick's a badass like unlike uh, um like Sigourney Weaver's character Ripley she's not quite as badass but whatever uh I'm talking sci-fi I love talking sci-fi sorry yeah. let's get back to musicals
0: Christian Campbell's sister is None other than Nev Campbell, who plays Poppy. Oh, yeah. She was best known for Party of Five yes. and Scream.
1: Yeah, I mean, like uh, um that little tango that she does. Ooh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. With Steven Weber, that yeah. was hot. I probably throw a little bit of shade on her because, like, I, I, I was really, really impressed by Christian's performance in Reefer Madness. She's got dancing skills, and she's knocked out some pretty awesome roles had a somewhat crush on her once upon a time not so much anymore um that being said like she she's um, a solid actress she really is I, I loved her in
0: the craft not for the for what it was it was a good film
1: the craft could have been better but it was a good film and she was not the problem in it
0: at the time it came out and I was in my like goth phase at the time it was a good film now looking on it now I probably would think it's shit
1: by the way, I, I I do want to take a moment to uh, recognize that you guys should uh, take the time to check out the Sky Rainbow website. Uh, that's skyrainbow.com or uh, S-K-Y-E-R-A-I-N-B-O-W dot com. And, uh, you know, take it, check it out and uh, make sure you drop us a message. Yeah,
0: it's like the sky, like the Isles of Sky in Scotland. Yeah, it's what I was named after. and also is referenced in Outlander. Over the sea
1: to sky. One thing we didn't say about William Shakespeare is we didn't talk about the like the very end. Remember, like where um, they're like uh, uh, singing that final song, yeah. and uh, uh, you know she's like uh, uh, like floating off, and he's like saying, or maybe someday I'll have cancer or, or, or get like hit, hit get by up. a train. Yeah. I wish, I wish that uh, William Shakespeare would have showed up with a dagger oh. And, oh, and oh happy <laughs> dagger <laughs> and be like, but. But this is how Romeo and Juliet ended. You should yeah. you should take this dagger. Like that would have been really funny, and he would have been like, "Yeah, no," and she would have been like, "Ah," and he's like, "No, no, I love you, though. I'm not gonna use the dagger, but I still love you." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really yeah, I mean, like, I um just a little bit of added silliness. I thought that would that would be funny. That that would have been great. Yeah, that would have been a really good addition. One one thing I did want to talk about is that that scene with Jimmy, um, where he like uh, uh, gets in the shower with his mom. Oh yeah, when he's uh, on the reefer. I have to point out that moment because a I think that's a hilarious moment in just filmmaking in general. Yeah. But uh, like I'm like I'm wondering is like is he thinking about having sex with his mom? I think so. <laughs> uh, gross. No, that's terrific. That's terrific. Um, I, I, I did have to bring that up though. The phrase, say goodnight, Gracie, coined
0: by George Burns, said to his wife, Gracie Allen, as they
1: ended their show 1950 to 1958. Yeah. The song that was cut, I feel like, leads us into a little more political talk. Uh, the creators of this, Kevin and Dan, right? Yes. Uh I, I feel like they needed a black friend. Yeah. It is what it is. Um however I think it would have helped them out a lot. You know, it's, it's sad, it but it's it, is. it is. It is. Um. Yeah. Uh the song that was cut. Um so there's a song called We Know Best that was uh, um cut from the original musical and actually didn't survive past too many runs. Um I tried to find a little bit more information about it, but uh um my my limited Looking and without reaching out to anyone, like, you know, I've listened to the song and I've read through the song and I listened to the song again. But like, I, I feel like uh, um, allows racists to use historical context to be racist. You can use racist dialogue if you put that in context with how it affects what's going on in the play. So this this version of the musical is slightly different. Absolutely, yeah. There's a song called "Monkey," the Monkey Song, uh, which is which replaced the Brownie Song. So, so like you know, the idea of getting that monkey off your back, mm-hmm. right? Like kick, kicking the habit, being a junkie. He 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 goes to his parents, and his parents are like, you know, you should have like uh, not smoked the reefer, and you should have li- listened to us, and you should have stayed away from those darkies. Which which is funny because in in the in the movie version, he doesn't really actually spend any time with any black people at all yeah the only black
0: people you see are a cowering black family at the
1: end but like yeah there's a there's a line um uh marijuana is responsible for the raping of white women by crazed negroes and i understand that he is quoting william randolph Hearst. however they don't say anything negative about william randolph Hearst. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, remember, like, when we were, like, crafting, like, uh, the beginning of, like, this, like... Yeah. like you, there's ways that you can talk about things without just, like, giving yourself a pass to say, you know, crazy Negroes, without actually saying, well, you know, William Randolph Hearst should not have said those things. You know, it's interesting
0: because I'm just thinking of the comparison between Newsies and this. Both had William Randolph Hearst mentioned And you have someone who's clearly the villain. He's William Randolph Hearst, and he's a real-life historical figure. And you have him being played in the movie version of Newsies by Jason Robards, and who is brilliant at being a bad guy just as. Whereas in The Reefer Madness, it is suggested, but it is not clear. It is only through the lens of Alan Cummings' character... That you see the hypocrisy of it, but you don't, you're not introduced to the why. Right. But I think that it uses people's more intelligence. Like it relies on people to be intelligent, to get the Ray versus news as it tells you like 100%.
1: No, I disagree. I think because you know the history, mm-hmm. that's what you come out of it with. Right. So 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 when you when you wink at something without actually talking about it, you're not helping. That's not like a progressive piece. I thought initially when the first time I saw Reefer Madness, I thought that it was like a pro marijuana film. Yeah. And the the musical made by Showtime definitely is in some respects, but not really at all at all. Not really at all. Because because it, 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 it doesn't say anything positive about it, ever. It never denounces Harry Anslinger, never denounces Harry Anslinger, and never denounces Hearst. As a matter of fact, it says completely negative things about marijuana, which was initially called cannabis and was called marijuana to scare people, which it does talk about. The scare tactic mm-hmm. it does talk about the scare tactic but it still holds true the lie it's I problematic the language it. from this song and the musical makes makers kind of sound kind of racist yeah. they, they use the language without saying anything positive about minorities mm-hmm. they don't say anything positive Right, but if you don't know anything about history, you would never do that. That's it would right. just reinforce what you believe. I would hope that that the, uh, Dan and Kevin would try to uh, defend that.
0: And maybe that is why I have never seen a staged version of Reefer Madness ever, even advertised.
1: Unless, unless it's all done like with them, like uh, 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 making like jokes and there's signs in the background to read that says the opposite. <laughs> When you make a piece of art, you have to be cognizant of the fact that, like, like especially with film and theater, that like your soundtrack is going to listen be listened to by itself. And if it's it, and if it's gonna come off like something that doesn't actually represent the film, except if you're talking about Cats twenty nineteen. Oh yeah, I guess the soundtrack is better than the film, huh? Ooh, nice dunk. I wish that they would have spent a little bit more time, like looking into the history of all of this and like uncovering a little bit more.
0: Well, that's what we're about to do.
1: Yeah, no, and that's definitely what we're about to do. But I feel like you know, if the the musical, the original musical, would have been like front loaded with that, I think they could have had a lot more fun. They didn't. They he he didn't choose to quote a a, a line from uh uh Billie Holiday, but and and we'll talk mm-hmm. about more why that's yeah. important. He didn't choose to uh, uh, choose a quote from uh, um. Uh, Louis Louis Armstrong, who basically asked if he could have, like, all he wanted was a, a license to smoke reefer. He's like, I screw the Second Amendment, dude. I don't want a license to hold a gun. I want a license to smoke reefer. That's all I want.
0: So that song was replaced by The Truth. Thanks. Tell them the truth.
1: The Truth does a much better job. That song does a much better job. Much better replacement song.
0: When danger's near, exploit
1: their fear. Right? Right. Exactly. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Pulling back and saying, hey, is this actually the truth? Gotta tell them the truth, truth, truth. truth, Everybody go, no,
0: no, no. The history of Reefer. Political and social implications of Reefer and the phenomenon that it has caused over, well, our
1: entire. History. Exactly. Finally, getting to talk about billy Holiday and Harry J. Anslinger. Yes, the history. The war on drugs. Let's talk about some logical fallacies around the war on drugs, right? Like, I, yeah. like it keeps coming back to logical fallacies, right? Because, um, like, that, this is sort of the thing, right? And I would like to thank Jill Barrup. Uh, for her video on 31 logical fal- fallacies in eight minutes, uh, uh, watch that YouTube video. I felt like uh, I was like, "Oh crap, man! Like this is this this like we take these truths as truths, you know? And we 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 we've uncovered those yeah. things as we move along, and we're like, wait a second, no, that's just the ways that the 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 man keeps us down. And this amazing, bright. Ginger Leia
0: is telling you how it is. So, uh, Harry J. Anslinger. He's the asshole you never heard of until now.
1: Harry J. Anslinger, the hater of jazz music, uh, king of prohibition and the count of racism and the head of the Bureau of Narcotics and the original architect of the War on Drugs. 15 most ridiculous quotes about marijuana by Harry J. Anslinger. Lay it on me. Marijuana is the most violence-causing drug in the history of mankind. Reefer makes darkies think that they're as good as white men. There are 100,000 total marijuana smokers in the U.S., and most are Negroes, Hispanics, Filipinos, and entertainers. Their satanic music, jazz, and swing result from marijuana usage. The marijuana causes white women to seek sexual relations with Negroes, entertainers, and any others. All right, I, I I do have to pause for a minute and negate a bunch of things. All right, so first off, uh, um, marijuana is awesome.
0: In case you haven't figured it out, we are very four twenty friendly.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, secondly, we, we are we are all equal. So like uh, the idea that like uh, a white man should feel th- threatened that a that a black man or an Asian man or a woman, for God's sakes, heaven forbid, rival that person. Have an attorney general or a president. <laughs> uh, it's like, look, um, ladies and gentlemen. In order for this planet to work well, we want the best qualified people in positions doing the work. If we have, like, just white people doing stuff and in charge, like you know, things will be fine. But if you have the, if you allow for the best qualified people, then the best outcome can happen. Think about it. It might make sense. Um, that being said, let's 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 continue on. You smoke a joint, and you will like you're likely to kill your brother. Now you see, likely to kill, like, 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 likely. That's like it's not you will kill your brother. Whatever. It's like like such a such a suggest, suggestion thing. Uh, marijuana is an addictive drug which produces in its user insanity, criminality, and death. Um, So, no one has ever died from an overdose of marijuana. In history. Look it up. Caffeine is more dangerous than marijuana. Aspirin is more dangerous than marijuana. Alcohol is more dangerous than marijuana. Yeah.
0: But you can walk into any drugstore and buy some
1: Jack Daniels, no problem. Uh, The primary reason to outlaw marijuana is... Its effect on the degenerate races. Ooh, I love that degenerate races. degenerate races. Gosh, what an asshole! No one knows when he places a marijuana cigarette to his lips whether he will become a joyous reveller in a musical heaven, a mad insensate, a calm philosopher, or a murderer. Like that's ridiculous. Like, first off, uh, for those of you that don't know, insensate insen- means that they they don't have any feelings, so they're like you no. Know, cr- crazy and lost sensations um and uh, oh my gosh i mean obviously this guy's never well he's lying he he knows the truth he's lying that's the moral yeah. of the story we'll get to, we'll, we'll we'll look at a little more um if the hideous monster Frankenstein came face-to-face with marijuana, he would drop dead of fright. So I assume the movie Frankenstein had come out recently. Oh, yeah, the old the old original, probably. Some people will fly into a delirious wage, and they are temporary, temporarily irresponsible and may compi- commit violent crimes. Maybe. It is dangerous to the mind and body, particularly dangerous to the criminal type, because it releases all of the inhibitions. Some people will fly into a delirious rage, and they are temporarily irresponsible and may commit violent crimes. Other people will laugh uncontrollably. (laughs) See, there it is. Uh, It is impossible to say what the effect will be on any individual. These are such wildly crazy claims. Listen to this. Marijuana leads to pacifism. Heaven forbid
0: we have peaceful people believing in a communal good for
1: mankind. And communist brainwashing. How is it that marijuana both leads to committing violent crimes and pacifism? I mean, I
0: don't know how many pacifists you met, but most people that are pacifists don't want to kill people.
1: Oh no, 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 no! Pacifists like Gandhi. Gandhi fucking slayed every day, man. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess
0: if Shaming you're, people. you know, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, I remember Abraham Lincoln?
1: Like, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? No, and di- didn't Gandhi, like, travel back into time and join Abraham Lincoln and they, like, fought zombies and vampires together?
0: Yeah, yeah. wasn't that in that, like, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think we're thinking of Celebrity death
0: match. <laughs>
1: like, I remember when I was growing up as a kid, I was a super square. Um, I, like, uh, um, poo-pooed on people that smoked. I, I, I raised my nose to people that smoked marijuana, like, all drugs, whatever. I was uh um whatever but then like i realized that like you know like first off caffeine is a drug yeah and i and i drink caffeine since i was two yeah. so like you know um and i recognize the benefits of caffeine caffeine is a terrific and useful drug that allows me to accomplish tasks <laughs> right and so like you got to think about it right like i mean there are positive uses for morphine there are positive uses for cannabis.
0: It has done a lot of good. People that have like multiple sclerosis or cancer, marijuana can help them.
1: Yeah, but, but uh, Harry J. Anslinger says, I do not think there is such a thing as not being, uh, not being able to cure an addict. Marijuana addicts must go to a federal narcotic farm. Before Harry, uh, uh, Harry Anslinger said all those crazy, racist and awful things, he said, he actually claimed that cannabis was not a problem. So in 1930, before he was doing all this nonsense against marijuana and the the war on drugs, Anslinger had claimed that cannabis was not a problem and did not harm people. And there is probably no more absurd fallacy. We we just like let racists be in charge and we shouldn't. Because when they're in charge, they waste money and they do things like kill Billie Holiday. Harry J. Anslinger, who's this awful man that says all those awful things, uh, racist, terrible, asshole, uh, um, all around douchebaggy guy. Uh, So, by the way, guys, if you give a racist the power to hurt people, they will always hurt people with that power.
0: As evidenced by the Trumpler administration.
1: What up with that? Anyway, um, I'm just saying folks, just think about it. Like, he's like Mike Pence. Uh, He's not interested in jazz music or sleeping in the same bed with his wife. (laughs) You know, he hated the facts that jazz music was improvised, relaxed, and freeform. Like, literally hated that. Um, And he called it mongrel music, basically like denouncing a beautiful music uh, musical culture without actually like, you know, giving it a chance and trying to learn more about it. Like the jungles in the dead night. He's talking about like, like, uh, uh clubs and she's so fucking racist. So he would send his agents out and like go in, like haunt jazz men and like basically try to get uh, people prosecuted because like, okay, so Harry J. Anslinger used to be in charge of, um, uh, uh, the Federal Bureau of Narcotics, and basically was in ch- like uh, in charge of prohibition, right? So he was in charge of prohibition, and he like it was found out, and the country figured out that prohibition is stupid. Underground, well, see, here's the problem, right? So when you prohibit something, you drive it underground, right? And then, so when you start prosecuting, like you you start like like you're 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 a drug dealer or you're you're a, you're a moonshine runner, right? And I I gobble you up and I throw you in jail, right? I I I, I yeah. cuff them, I cuff them and stuff them and I throw you in jail. Guess what happens? What happens after that? Do you know? The taxpayers foot the bill. A A the taxpayers do flip the bill. That is correct, Kevin. What else happens? Someone else comes along. There is a void where that person is. People still want drugs. People still want alcohol. So what happens is a a, a still runner or a drug dealer is busted. A turf war happens. Violence goes up. You actually have to stand your ground. Fighting the war on drugs. Because they don't care. It doesn't affect them. Always raises more fighting. So like, like when, when, when white people say, well, black people kill black people at a much harder, higher rate, they're causing it directly. Because when you, like, look, when you own a store, a pizza joint, let's say, When someone tries to rob you of your pizzas, you can call the cop and say, this guy tried to rob me of my pizzas, and the cops will take care of it. But if you own an illegal drugstore, you cannot go to the cops and say, hey, this guy stole my weed. You have to buy a gun and say, don't you steal my weed. I'm going to shoot you. So then you have to forcibly kill people. For your weed. The government is literally forcing this fucking crime to happen. Criminalize a plant. And so so here's the thing. Here's the thing that isn't understood is that, like, if you go about it in a different way, none of it has to be like that. We don't have to spend millions of dollars to put people in jail. We don't have to have crime, violent crime go up.
0: Strange fruit.
1: Yeah, so Billie Holiday would sing the song Strange Shirt. And uh, um, if you guys don't know, this is a, a song about lynching. Um, uh, and it's, it's, it's incredibly moving and, and sorrowful.
0: It's a very it's a powerful thing. song. And I did not see Billie Holiday perform this, obviously. But
1: no, it's been sung, sung by a lot of different people. Too.
0: Audra McDonald sang this song in this Amazon special that she plays Billie Holiday she sings it and like you can tell it took a lot to sing that song when Audra McDonald sung Strange Fruit it was so heavy of a song because I believe she knew the history I believe Audra McDonald probably already knows what we're talking about right now um it was so heavy of a song they had to at that point take an intermission so that she could recover from singing that song. After the intermission, sit with that gravity of what that song meant. She brought out a little chihuahua that she held in her arms as she was singing some other song. That was her way of saying, like, I need this little therapy dog here. It was even recently used in birth of a nation birth of the
1: yeah the one that's uh, um I, I
0: forgot birth, birth of, of the nation of the i the nation it's
1: birth of the nation the because the other one the first original one is birth of uh, a nation yeah. Yeah. and it's a super racist film yeah. uh that being said like that film was actually used by the white house um uh what uh i think the wilson uh, yeah, uh wilson was, administration yeah. used that to help uh keep america racist again so yeah uh uh Congrats, America. Uh, So, you know, in America, before Harry J. Anslinger basically ruined it, you could get marijuana, which was called cannabis, prescribed. And the reason why he called it marijuana is because he didn't want to—he had to actually prosecute, like, 17,000 pharmacists for possession of marijuana because, like, you know, they, they were all doing cannabis, and then all of a sudden, it was like the uh, marijuana is the green menace, the, this this great menace, American menace. And they're like, oh, marijuana, whatever. And then it was like, oh, wait, wait, wait I'm selling marijuana. <laughs> it's like, no, this is cannabis. We've been doing this the whole time. <laughs> so, and 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 this is the the, the thing about uh, um, this, you know, like he he uh, um, would send out his uh, um, agents, attack people. He he hunted down Billie Holiday with his agents. Uh, um uh, an agent named uh, uh Jimmy Fletcher like he fell in love with her which is great uh good for him whatever uh he basically like helped her uh uh get in and out of the legal system uh uh which is terrible um and like it all ends with her being like you know sick and constantly uh in drug problems and there, there was a, there was a period where she couldn't even because of her uh, um her Uh, uh, court problems she had her license to perform in clubs taken away from her so like she had to find sneaky ways for her to perform she couldn't go to like regular clubs and you know people are going to be racist anyway so like you know they they, she doesn't need any help being discriminated against but like uh, um so i'm sure that like basically killed her soul and she got sick and she became more of a drug user cuffs her to a deathbed she she she's given methadone and she actually starts doing better yeah. And they have it taken off, and she dies. So the federal government killed Billy Holiday. Deal with it. And what happened to, uh, what was Dorothy's,
0: that uh, Judy
1: Garland, right? Uh, Judy Garland is a different story. Uh, basically... She, like, was actually uh, um, helped out by Harry J. Anslinger. He reached out to her studio, and he was like, hey, you know, um, she'll be fine. I know she's, like, doing the heroin, whatever. Uh, She's going to be fine. We're going to have her do all these awesome things and uh, um, go and get help, and she's going to be fine. And you guys are going to love it. And they did, and it was fine. She eventually killed herself in drug overdose
0: anyways, but the government didn't have an active role in her death.
1: Uh, Paramount Pictures is going to put out a movie by Lee Daniels, and it's based off the book Chasing the Scream by Johan Hari, who's been uh, putting this all out, so look up Johan Hari.
0: Oh, good. I was wondering, this should be a movie, so I'm glad this is going to be made a movie b- Movie by Lee Daniels, who does amazing work.
1: Yeah, no, it it, it needs to be, it 100% I, needs to I be mean, a I film. Please check all that stuff out. The movie should be out February 12th, 2021. study that was done by this, uh, 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 psychologist, uh, Bruce K. Alexander, yeah. uh, the Rat Pack. <laughs> oh, yeah, that marijuana is good. Yeah, yeah. No. The Rat Park <laughs> was a series of studies in drug addiction. All right. They had a rat in a cage and then they would have like uh, a morphine drip and then a regular water and then they would like sweeten the morphine drip. And uh, so Bruce K. Alexander is like, well, well fuck yeah, the rat would die. Like, if you were stuck in a small, empty room with just drugs, of course, what else are you going to do but do drugs? He built this whole park that was literally 200 times the size of a regular rat cage. And in it, he put in, like, different, uh, um, like, slides and, like, wheels and, like, toys to play with, nookie hangout spots. Then with all of these, like, you know, awesome distractions of having the ability to, like, you know, mate... With like uh, your choice of mate, and then having the ability to like play in the space, and having the ability to have like decent food available to you, um, then you're given the choice of water or drugs. And guess what happened? Didn't they choose more water than drugs?
0: Yeah. Because there were other options,
1: and this and this was sort of and, and this was totally backed up because, like, um, in the Vietnam War, there were tons of Vietnam vets that did opioids over there, right? And and the federal government was totally freaking out, and they were like worried, "Oh my God, oh my God, we have all these uh, uh, soldiers that are doing opioids, and when they come back, we're going to have a ridiculous amount of drug uh, addicts in the United States." And when they came back, guess what happened? Spat of my rage i am still just a rat in a cage they were in the fucking cage over there mm-hmm. where they had no other fucking choice that's that's the exact exact problem is that like you know without any other choice right like billy holiday could have had a better life if you would have allowed her to have the choice of living a better life when you take that away People choose not to live a better life because you don't give them the options to live a better life. Addiction isn't really about bad moral character. It's about abuse, and it's about comforting oneself. Is the man keeping you down? Has Whitey handcuffed you to your hospital bed while he breakdances on the moon? Yeah, you might think to yourself, hey, I'm white, but are you white? Are you Italian? French, English, German, Russian descent, but poor? I'm sorry, you're not white. But what you need to do is vote. Go out and vote. Change the status quo. The United States doesn't have to suck. You can make it better. Dangerous for conservatives right now. And that's why actually, I, I like the name of this episode is How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Rabbit Hole because like here's the problem folks as we sort of move forward and like reevaluate the last 20 40 60 years we're going to start uncovering the truth and we're going to basically end up with are we going to change for the better or are we just going to be continue to be assholes and destroy ourselves and destroy our world new zealand with a woman
0: prime minister Jacinda Arden, amazing. If if you listen to
1: this podcast, hopefully you know that we are anti-Trump. And just to be like abundantly clear, do not vote for Donald J. Trump. And not only that, tell others, do not vote for Donald Trump. If you care about gay people. If you care about black people. If you care about
0: people. Just people. Do not vote for Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, folks, for listening to another edition of Talking Musical History Podcast. And I'm Chris. I'm Kevin. Until next time, learn from history.